The title of today's message is He Shall Reign. And it might not sound something particularly challenging for you or exciting for you, but for the people during that time, when they see impending destruction, you know, and they mention deep in our, their heart, the Messiah, He shall reign, it gives them a different kind of comfort being reminded of the promise of restoration and a better uh, situation, right? When there are, is famine and pestilence in the land, they are to tell themselves, He shall reign. When they are worried sick of the situation around them, He shall reign for the Old Testament people. But for us, it's that He reigns today amongst us, right? And He will continue to reign forever and ever. And so we want to take a look again back at Isaiah chapter 11 as we look at this promised king. Now, a man lived in Long Island and he was so happy one day to buy this pricey barometer, right? Only to find that upon putting it in his house that it is uh, pointed at hurricane. It seems stuck. So, isip niya, sira yata nabili ko and it's so expensive. So, he wrote a complaint letter to the supplier of the barometer because the word hurricane, it's stuck on the word hurricane. Right? So, he shook it and still stuck there. And he, the next day, he went to work, mailed the letter. And in the evening, he goes back to his house in Long Island. Right? The barometer was gone. And so was his house. So, hindi pala sira. No, there was really a hurricane. Now, it's the same with us. Sometimes, we do not want to take a look at the situation around us, the realities of injustice, the pains of society, the problems of, uh, you know, the rising uh, dollar exchange rate or the gas prices. We turn a blind eye as if these problems do not exist, right? But we cannot deny the fact that they are there. And we need to look to someone, not only for comfort, but for answers, right? In the Philippines, uh, the pandemic increased even the, the reality of poverty and unemployment around us, right? In inequality and corruption, despite everyone gets sick, but you can see the disparity between the social classes during these times, right? And even, you know, may pandemic na nga, may kumukurakot pa din. <laughs> Accessibility to education and services also, people are not on equal footing. And crime still keep rising, drugs, alcohol, and the works, right? Everything. And so every time there's an election, we hope the new administration can do something about it, can change the downward tide of our society, right? And we bank on a candidate with all his promises, hoping he is the solution. We know that no one is the solution to everything of our problems, and yet we hope. Either we hope and we get happy, or we hope and feel another disappointment for another six years. So that's life for us today. Do we risk another disappointment? And so we look at the leader that we're going to follow or elect, and we hope that he can do something about the situation around us. So, brothers and sisters, 
I'd like to put us in perspective that Jesus is the one, the king, we are to look to with both eyes open wide, looking to that Messiah. And what does it mean for you and I to have him as king of our lives, as king of this world? I remember in, uh, when I studied in Singapore, right? I was surprised at how expensive the Philippine mango is. Kasi sa Philippines, mangoes are just, you know, an everyday thing. You keep eating the mangoes. Until I lived there for years, for four years, and whenever I look for mangoes in the grocery from different countries, either its texture is very thick, pangit, no, or it doesn't taste good, no, parang apple na mango. And then I realized that in there, no, the mango is only available in five-star hotels of the Philippines. So it's the same way we take for granted Jesus, our Savior, that he is in control of this world today. And we do not understand what it means to us. Now let's go back to Isaiah. Right? So Isaiah, again, he started his ministry when Uzziah died. Uh, before Uzziah died. And so by chapter 6, he was talking about uh, King Uzziah's death. Right? But his ministry actually lasted for more than 58 years because after um, Uzziah died, he still continued with Jotham and then with Ahaz and later Hezekiah. And it was said that he is Hezekiah's spiritual and political advisor during that time and even wrote some of Hezekiah's biography. No? So he was writing the book of Isaiah to Jews of the southern kingdom of Judah because there was divided kingdom. There's Northern Israel and Southern Judah. So he was writing to the Jews living in Judah who were witnessing the destruction of the Northern Kingdom of Israel. Because the Assyrian is destroying everything. Even 46 of the cities of Judah also got destroyed. So these people were witnessing all this destruction, this brutal enemy, the Assyrians coming and attacking their brothers in the north. Uh, uh, destroying the entire kingdom and part of them as well. Okay, so this is the message, right? So for Hezekiah's time, one of um, uh, Isaiah's message to him is for him not to, uh, uh, not to trust in other nations like Egypt or Assyria or any foreign powers against Assyria for his, the protection of Judah. Now, so Isaiah actually writes to encourage the Jews in the uh, southern uh, kingdom of Judah that despite they broke God's law and they will be destroyed eventually, there will be a remnant and a restoration in the future under this Messiah or new king. Okay, they will be preserved till that time and enjoy the restoration of the creative order and universal blessing. And let me unpack that a little bit. Right? So Isaiah is telling the people through his prophecies, the remnants of Judah, that you are facing many dangers all around you right now, but you need to stop trusting in political powers out there. Instead, trust in God and his coming king. Trust in that righteous king that, Jesus, uh, that Yahweh will be sending to you. 
to be the one to restore order and peace and everything else. And we know later, of course, that that Messiah eventually is our Lord Jesus, right? I don't know if you, you watch this uh, reality show called The Mask Singer, right? This uh, famous singer wears a mascot costume and joins the contest. So every week they perform and the judges get to guess who that per celebrity under the mask is, you know? And of course, uh, the identity will only be revealed at the end of the competition when they lost. Okay, so every week another clue is given, then they guess, they try to guess, they try to guess. Now, the start of Isaiah 11, we gain more information about what kind of king or what his identity is so that when he comes, we'll be able to see that, okay, he is the one being talked about. No? Okay, so it's emphasized here that he is the shoot or the branch, the olive shoot or the olive branch. Branch. So let's uh, read chapter one, uh, chapter eleven, uh, verses one together out loud, para magising, no? Pwede niyo shaweran yung harap konte para. Okay, let's read. There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. Let's stay there. Now we realize in the Old Testament that they often use the olive tree to describe the nation of Israel, okay, because it's considered their national tree, and then it is also one of their primary products. So olive oil is treated as expensive as gold because of its, uh, it's taken as food, it's taken as beauty products. It's used for so many things for them, just like the coconut for the Philippines. Now, saying that it's a shoot from the stump of Jesse suggests that the house of David will fall. The house of David was so stamp na eh. No, it's no longer having branches. So there's that suggestion there. But God will allow a shoot to grow out, okay, of that stump by putting up this new king who comes from the line of David and later on he will be filled and anointed with the Spirit of God to lead God's people once again. So the descendants of David will fail the plan of God to restore the creative order to the world. But the prophet is saying there is someone coming from the line of David who is totally different from all these who failed, the Messiah, the Messianic King. He is not only the son of David, but he is anointed by the Holy Spirit, empowered by the Holy Spirit. And I'd like us to take a look at Luke chapter 1, verse 31 to 33, a New Testament passage, okay, to compare. Let's read out loud. Behold, and you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called Son of the Most High, and the Lord will give him the throne of his father, David, so lineage from David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. So the, Luke is trying to use this passage to show us that Jesus is actually the one that is being talked about 
in the Old Testament, the stump, the shoot, the one who is from the line of David, who will reign with power and authority forever and ever. Now for the olive tree, it can, do you know that it can live for thousands of years? Right? Unlike most trees, it lives for thousands of years. But how? Now, the branches of the olive tree and the trunk, they actually hollow out and die many times during its life. And it, you will see stump remain. But the root, what's everything underneath the ground, does not die of natural means. Pwera na lang na peste, okay, or something happened underneath the ground, then the olive might die, but it doesn't die. It just stays underground and a new shoot will rise and a new tree comes out. That's the olive tree. So the root and the parts of the olive tree underground does not die and it has a new shoot every time. So imagine the picture of uh, the shoot from the stump of Jesse from its roots. It's actually taken from a real uh, situation of the olive tree. Now remember in John, Jesus says he is the vine and his disciples are the branches. Right? He is no longer the branch or the shoot. Jesus says, I am already now the tree or the main vine and his disciples are now the branches as his kingdom grows, as his lordship prevails. Where Israel fails in its mission, he and his disciples will continue the restoration of the creative order. Now, so Isaiah describes this Jesus, and when we say he shall reign, what does it mean for us today? And what should our response be, right? It should produce in our heart a sense of hope. He came and will come again, and his kingdom will have no end. First is the Messiah shall reign with wisdom and reverent fear. What does that mean? Let's look at verse 2 and read together out loud, sabay sabay. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord and his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. So the passage says that the king is anointed by the Spirit of God, endowed with infinite wisdom, balanced with reverent fear. may wisdom, but there's this fear of God, and cradled by delight, or a vital relationship with God. Now, there are powerful leaders throughout history that we know about, such as Solomon, who was supposed to be the wisest of kings, wisdom and match in all the world. Or Genghis Khan, you know, the founder of the Mongolian Empire who brutally um, um, uh, murdered millions no? to win wars and build the Mongol Empire. Or Alexander the Great who never lost a single battle. Or Hitler, infamous as he is, right, he took over Europe and also captured 6 million Jews and put them in concentration camps. These human rulers, they're famous still today because of what happened during their lifetime, but their kingdoms ended, right? Everything was gone 
because it is so. Many may be skillful in military and political leadership, but they lack the most important thing, which is the fear of God. Because they know and love God, it's cradled by delight. Because otherwise, they will be eaten up by pride and arrogance because of their abilities and knowledge and succumb to the evils of the heart and become tyrannical leaders and destroying everything and everyone that falls against their path. Right? But Jesus is a different type of king. Again, we see Jesus being anointed by the Spirit during his baptism. And then he also displayed superior wisdom like none other, better than the teachers of the law. And his message was one with authority because he lived out what he spoke. And his reverent fear for his father brought him to humility and submission before the cross. And again, he is raised and ascended to heaven to sit at the right hand of God one day to judge the living and the dead. He shall reign with wisdom and reverent fear. And John the Baptist said, he will baptize with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Now, what does it mean that he reigns with wisdom and reverent fear as citizens of his kingdom, right? Because he also endows us with his Holy Spirit so that we can live out his plan and will in our life, right? Wisdom teaches us what is right. Fear of the Lord pushes us or moves us to choose to do what is right. Again, the wisdom of God helps us know what is right, but it's the fear of God that moves us to do what is right, choose to do what is right. So wisdom with reverent fear coming from a delight of a relationship with God, that is what he's talking about. And it's also something we should enjoy by submitting daily to the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so how do we get filled with the Holy Spirit who is bestowed upon us at the moment of salvation? Right? Spiritual breathing. Inhale, exhale. <clears throat> A daily routine of allowing the Spirit to check our lives. Okay? Through the word inhale meaning learn what is right. Exhale, no? Confess your sin, dispel what is evil. Become more like Christ every day. So that spirit fills us by removing the things that keep us from following his will. So as Christians, right, we need to develop spiritual breathing as a daily habit. To commune daily with God, to allow the introspection of the spirit of God in our life. To check us. Lord, what is wrong in my life? You know, fill me with your truth, your love, your fruit. So we are to grow in our dependence and allegiance to this king who will rule in wisdom and reverent fear by daily being filled by the Spirit of God. That's because we are his subjects or citizens 
of his kingdom, right? Grow in dependence and allegiance to this Jesus, the new king, who reigns in wisdom and reverent fear by being filled with his spirit, being cleansed with his cleansing fire um, so that we can manifest the wisdom of God and the fear of God as we walk closely with him. Second, he shall reign with justice and equity. This is uh, what we hope for always, world peace and uh, equality and uh, uh, justice, but it's something that's very lacking in our world today and in the world before, right? Modernization has improved our transportation. We can travel everywhere now through, uh, by land, by sea, by air, right? Communication has improved, no? In the span of seconds, your message goes to anywhere. You know, education has also improved as information uh, is available at the tip of your fingers. Finance has also become easier. We are moving into a cashless generation or society. There's so much improvement modernization has brought about in our lives today. But what modernization can never do is truly put everyone on equal footing, right? Because the access to this modernity is only for those who have the capacity to purchase them, right? Not for everyone else. So last time we said, oh, let's go online for our trainings for pastors as uh, orgnamin, right? And we had lots of students, but there are still students who don't have a computer, who don't have internet access where they serve in the out suburbs. Hindi talaga, no? Okay, so the UN's advocacy for human rights is good, but it's not succeeding because the more we talk about human rights, the more we see the inequality around us. In our generation today, there's still genocide. There's still racial discrimination. There's still so much of this injustice where the poor is oppressed. Because the fundamental problem is not in the situation around us, it's inside the heart of the human soul. No? It's, the problem is the human heart. So we need a king who can bring us to a time of true justice and equity. And how does Isaiah describe him? Let's read. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide disputes by what his ears hear. In other words, he will not be using the standards of the world as a measuring stick because it is tended to be biased and selfish. Not only that, it says that he shall judge the marginalized, the poor and the weak with righteousness and equity. Amazing, no? Verse 4, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. No? The marginalized gets justice. And the following verses also portray that he is not only imposing standards, but he is able to execute the consequences of those standards. Look at this. Verse, next verse. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. And finally it says 
that his role will be marked by righteousness and faithfulness like an adornment. No? Righteousness shall be the belt of his waist, faithfulness the belt of his loins. Whatever he does, whatever he do, the, uh, wherever he go, righteousness and faithfulness shall follow him. He shall reign with justice and equity. And we are in a world that lacks justice and equity. So the standards of this new coming king is the word of God. The absolute standard for life and living so that we can live under God's purpose and under God's protection and will. Right? The word of God is the absolute standard for us to relate to him and to relate to the world. And when we are filled with God's word, then justice and equity will happen. Now, Jesus upheld the significance of Scripture for all who will follow him. He modeled the importance of studying and reading and knowing and obeying the word of God. And his teaching came with great authority because he lived by what he taught. So, as Christians... We are to grow in, again, depending, dependence and allegiance to Jesus, our new king, who shall reign also in justice and equity by allowing our lives to be transformed by the word of God. Transformed by the word of God. Filled with the spirit, transformed by the word. A man went to a doctor and said, Doctor, I'm coughing my lungs out. And the, uh, I feel my lungs burning up. So let's have a look, sabi ng doktor. No? And he examines him and gave him a bottle of medicine and told him, read the label. Okay? Read the label. And in three days, you will be well. Okay? So the patient, after five days, came back. I'm not feeling any better. And when the doctor looked at the bottle of medicine, it was not open. Kasi sabi ni doktor, take this medicine, read the label. Hindi niya sinabi, buksan at inumin. Okay. So it's the same way. We have the Word of God, the standard for all life, and yet if we don't read it, it is useless to change our life. Right? To change our life. The Word of God is able to transform your life, to heal your wounds, to deliver you from great danger, to give you wisdom, for making decisions, to counsel you when you're down and when you have concerns that you don't know what to do. But will you get around? No, opening it. Not just reading the instructions, but really diving into the Word of God and allowing it to transform the way you think and how you live. Let the Word of God influence your heart, body, and mind. Right? You know the UECP method? Alala niyan? No, use that for your daily devotion. No? Read a portion of scripture from our Bible reading guide. Understand it. Explore what it means. Commit to apply. Pray in submission to God. Okay? So these are the four steps that you can do. No? Do it daily. Practice reading the word of God and allowing it to transform you. Fourth, uh, third, is this new king and last shall rule with peace and harmony, right? Indescribable peace and harmony. Now, Dean Burman, 
wrote about the Winchester Mansion. So thousands of people visit this massive structure in San Jose, California. And the story is that Sarah Winchester, a widow of a owner of a gun company, built this structure for 38 years. <laughs> Why so long? No, from 1884 to 1922, it was constantly under construction. Why? Okay, because various stories have been told about the reasons for this practice. And most of the stories is because Mrs. Winchester believed that she is haunted by the ghosts of the, uh, those who died from the guns made by his husband. Okay, and he, she believed that if she keeps building the house, then she will not be haunted anymore, right? So the building continued for 38 years. So it has 10,000 windows, 160 rooms, and lots of walkways and stairwells that leads to blank walls. Alam mo Dulo nung sagdanan, wala na. Because she just felt fearful of being haunted wala siyang peace so she just kept spending and spending at least until it reached around 70 million us dollars worth in today's money it's a pointless construction what there's no reason for those windows for those walls for those walkways but it was a fortune right and so in the same way many of us turn to many different fruitless things for peace and a harmony. Some will go to pleasure, to drugs, alcohol, immorality, wealth, and other dead-end avenues, right? And like the staircases of the mansion that lead nowhere, we end up pursuing paths that never bring peace. But notice what Isaiah says about the reign of this king. The wolf shall dwell with the lamb. Huh? Can you imagine? The leopard shall lie down with the young goat. Number, number seven, the calf and the lion and the fattened calf shall be together and a little child shall lead them. Right? The cow and the bear shall graze. Their young shall lie down together and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. Predators living together with their prey. Yun yung picture. Right? And behaving against their own nature and instinct, coexisting. And children are safe. Right? Children are safe. Verse 8 says, The nursing child shall play over the hole of the cobra, and the weaned child shall put his hand on the other's den. And they shall not be destroyed in my holy mountain. Why? Ito. Let's read together. For the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the water covers the sea. The earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the water covers the sea. Imagine people knowing and obeying the word of God everywhere. So genuine word peace is possible under the rule of this new king because the hearts of the people were simply filled with the word of God. 
If you are understand the new covenant described in Jeremiah 31, ito yung sinabi. Na? For this is the covenant that I will make in the house of Israel after those days, declared the Lord. I will put my law within them, and I will write on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. I will write my word in the tablet of their heart. They shall no longer teach their neighbor and each his brother saying, Know the Lord, for they all shall know me. And this can only happen if we make disciples of all nations. If we bring Christ to every single soul around the world. Right? As Christians, our allegiance and dependence on Jesus as king who brings about peace and harmony calls us to be agents of this gospel of peace. Right? Ano yung sabi ng 2 Corinthians 5.10? Therefore, we are ambassadors of Christ. As if God was making his appeal through us, nasa verse na ako, be reconciled to God. Next slide. <coughs> Wala ba? Hindi ko nalagay? Okay. Na? Therefore, we are ambassadors of Christ and we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. So it's our job as His people, you know, to bring the love of Christ, the gospel of peace, so the ends of the world, so the people will know Him. Right? And so it is our duty as citizens of this kingdom with this wonderful King to reach people to the ends of the earth. No? So I recommend pray here share five people that you meet on a regular business that uh, on a regular part of your life who need christ pray for them and care for them and share with them pray care share paulit-ulit na to for the past 10 years eh. okay so i hope that it's practice okay so we grow in our allegiance and dependence to jesus our new king and he's going to rule with wisdom and reverent fear. He's going to rule with justice and equity. He's also going to rule with peace and harmony. But it calls for you and I as citizens of the kingdom to be filled with the Spirit. Right? Anong gagawin natin? Spiritual breathing. Not daily allow the Spirit to introspect our lives. Right? Second is to allow ourselves to be transformed by the Word. Spend time in the Word of God and apply what it says. And finally, to be agents of the gospel of peace. To bring Christ to the ends of the earth. To make disciples one at a time. Pray, care, share. And we will continue until verse 10 becomes a reality. Let's read. In the day the root of Jesse, who shall stand as a signal for the people, of him shall the nations inquire, and his resting place shall be Glorious, 11. And in that day, the Lord will extend his hand and yet a second time to recover the remnant that remains of his people. From Assyria, from Egypt, from Patras, from Kash, from Elam, from Shinar, from Hamath, and from the coastland of the sea, he will raise a signal or a banner for the nations and they will assemble together the banish of Israel, the gather that is dispersed Judah from the four corners of the earth. And verse 16, And there will be a highway from Assyria, from the remnant 
that remains of his people. And there was for Israel when they come up from the land of Egypt. Now he will call all those who believe in him to be his people once again. Okay, the restoration of Israel in the past and in the future when he returns, he will gather all of us to stand before him and live with him forever and ever in the new heavens and the new earth. So as kingdom citizens, we are to grow in our dependence on God and allegiance, no? response, eh? dependence, we trust. Allegiance, we respond to him as our king, right? And what we need to do is to raise the banner of Jesus in our lives, to allow him to have more of us every single day so that he rules in us first before we see him rule all over the world, right? Before he rules over the world. Jesus will draw all men to himself the more we allow his spirit, his word, and his gospel to flow through us. Let me close with this. A television program in 1988, you know, the, in the Winter Olympics that year, they have blind skiers trained for skiing, of course. Okay? And impossible as that sounds, they were paired with skiers who were not blind. Okay? Hindi bulag. So, bulag yung skier na nakakompete. Tapos meron silang partner na nakakakita, sighted skier. So, the blind skiers were taught on the flats how to make their left and right turns while skiing. Right? And they mastered that slope. And their sighted partners are the ones who will shout behind them, Go left! Go right! And they listen and obey to the commands. And they were able to negotiate the course and cross the finish line, listening and obeying the instruction of that who can see. So, imagine that. Skiing on that slope. Life and death. Yan. Either you listen carefully or get killed in the process. Right? Because you don't follow, you make a wrong turn, you fall off the cliff together. And that is what it looks like to be a follower of Christ. In this world, we are blind. We don't know what action to take, where to go, how to live. But we have the Holy Spirit to guide us daily and fill us. We have the Word of God no? to saturate our life. We have the King who sees also clearly to depend and hang on. But will we submit and will we let him take charge and be truly king in your life, in my life? Being filled with the Spirit, being transformed by his word, being an agent of the gospel of peace begins with, I am willing, Lord, and following it through with a plan Okay, and being accountable with your discipleship group to be more and more like Christ in every way, awaiting for the realization of his return. The new heavens and the new earth, we will reign with him through all eternity. Can we bow our heads and spend time in silence allowing the Holy Spirit to,
to see what's in us, no? surrender your pain, your struggle, your fear, your worry. And if there is sin in your life, ask him to remove that and fill you once more. You know, and what are the commitments that you need to work on again? Okay, as we end this pandemic, we want to thrive as a follower of Christ even more to be examples of him. Can you just spend that time in quiet prayer? The Lord hears and the Lord sees.